welcome. You've got mail. Welcome to another edition of TechStream. As the uh, listenership is growing, we want the ratings and the reviews to grow. So let's get that out of the way. And then I found out that this guy who is a jack of all trades, I can't even find good music to pass him by. I find out that he's not only an author, he wrote a book while we were doing the podcast. You are the king of multitasking. I didn't even know you had a book in the works. And since our last episode, you became an Amazon bestseller. Yeah, crazy, right? Yeah, crazy. Um, I wrote a book, which is basically called Blockchain Cryptocurrency, NFTs, and Smart Contracts. It may not be the most trip off your tongue title for a book, Blockchain Cryptocurrency, yeah, NFTs, I, I, and I Smart Contracts. I don't know what, what the meeting was like. I would have been in on the meeting <laughs> for the but title. This, I'll tell you, by the way, it's interesting. We're going to talk about that in a second. And the subtitle is An Executive Guide to the World of Decentralized Finance, or DeFi. Right, right. Um, the short answer on the book title, Seth, is that you, can, you only title a book by SEO now, okay right so it's you know when someone searches for blockchain cryptocurrency nfts or smart contracts this is what's going to come up right Uh, it's cleverly named and but it is an executive guide to the world of decentralized finance and i was uh not going to necessarily write it but i it seems to be such a hot topic the last four to six weeks and i just had a lot of blog writings and a lot of posts. So I took my collected essays and I, I kind of glued them together. And then I realized this needed to be super short and more concise. And then once I got very into user it, user friendly, it's very, if, if you don't know what crypto is, you can read this and you'll understand. So thank you. Um, it, it's an important, it's important that it be short, you know, mercifully short. Also, there's a lot of jargon, you know, it's like one of those, uh, uh, George Bernard Shaw once famously said, every profession is a conspiracy against the laity. And that is true about every crypto is just so many silly acronyms and initialisms. And you just, you know, you get sick of it. So I needed to sort some of that out without having people's eyes glaze over. Well, and and that's part of what I want to accomplish today, because there's a couple of questions that keep getting asked. Uh, And I think that it ties into not just trying to sell a book, but just this idea that, you know, this is a tech stream topic. You know, when the last time we talked about crypto, it was kind of what is it? Uh, We're Mm -hmm. kind of beyond the what is it? Uh, The question that I want to start off this conversation with, how comparable is the crypto market to the stock market? Because what a stock person will tell you is... You never get too high. You do not get too low. You don't jump off. You, you know, when something tanks, you stay with it. There, there's all kinds of rules, right? Mm-hmm. In crypto, is it the same? No. As a matter of fact, if you look at the world of decentralized finance through the lens of cryptocurrency speculators and the cryptocurrency markets, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. I think a lot of people in the world of decentralized finance immediately think of the crypto marketplaces as a gambling casino, that it feels like a wilder West than the NASDAQ or the New York Stock Exchange or the, um, you know, exchanges around the world. So you see people speculating, there are wild swings and everyone, you know, decries a crash. It's like, oh, you know, the bubbles here, the crash there. Yeah. (laughs) None of this, none of this is gonna make sense to anybody who has not thought through what blockchain is, 
what cryptocurrency actually is, what an NFT actually is, uh, and ultimately thought through how businesses will be empowered, uh, how new kinds of business will be empowered by smart contracts, which are by definition what NFTs are. So let's talk about it for one quick second. And again, the reason I did this book, it, it's number one in 90 minute business uh, and money short reads on Amazon. It's number one in, in money and monetary policy, which is funny if you know me. Um, and it's been number one in banking and banks on, on Amazon for, uh, this is a short book. And the reason it's short is that it needs to be short, but it needs to get you to think the right way. And it does that at least as best I can. Decentralized finance is different from the world we live in, as different from the world we live in as the internet was from regular printing presses and bookstores. In the old days, William Randolph Hearst, the, the first real yellow journalist in America, you know, that sure. they, they made Citizen Kane about him. He was the gatekeeper on a publishing empire. If you want, he got to say what he wanted to say. And, you know, the famous line, uh, never argue with a guy who buys ink by the barrel, right? Never pick a fight with a guy who buys ink by the barrel. He was able to get his word out. And from uh, common sense, Thomas Paine's pamphlet, you know, that kind of started America to uh, William Randolph Hearst, these were, there were gatekeepers. Bill, ben Franklin was the first postmaster general of the United States. He owned printing presses. He printed newsletters. This guy was the Facebook of his day. But once we got to Facebook, once we got to the point where computers were, were everywhere and social media, meaning anyone could be as powerful as William Randolph Hearst and his newspaper empire, anyone could be as powerful as the biggest publisher, the world changed. What we're doing today, Seth, is only empowered by computers. Without it, if you didn't have a computer, if we didn't have the internet, we could not do what we're doing this second. Everyone can do what we're doing. Some do it better than others. Some do it better than we do. Some do it worse than we do. But we're empowered by it. Now think about money and finance. There are banks, central banks. The government taxes us through these banks and through treasuries and through the treasury department and through a financial system that is in control of the largest institutions who basically have evolved around government regulation and all of the rules. And it's like, wow, okay, that's finance, the world of finance. And there are big players and you can name them. They're the biggest banks and the biggest financial institutions. We know who they are. What would happen if we took the world of money and we democratized it to the level that we democratized information with computers. That's the world of decentralized finance that's coming. And what empowers it is a, is a tool set called blockchain, best exemplified and earliest Bitcoin. So if you think about it, Bitcoin is the oldest technology in the, De in the DeFi world. It's not necessarily the one that's going to last the longest. It's not the one that's going to be the best. It's the first. It demonstrated that you could make a non-duplicatable, unique piece of digital information that could be fungibly shared. Um, the first fungible token, Bitcoin, all altcoins, all of the how, other How coins. old is that? How old is that? Satoshi Nakamoto, who we don't know who he was, uh, wrote a white paper that came out in 2008, and that's the beginning of Bitcoin. So we're, you know, we're talking just a little over a decade, and Bitcoin's and what, 
one Bitcoin at the time of this recording is a pro. I'm not giving the exact because it's going to change every time. We well, it's in the, it's somewhere in it, yeah. It's going to change every second. It's been up and down like crazy the last couple of weeks. The market's right. crazy. This second right now, it's at thirty seven thousand and change. But you know, it could it, it'll go. It has been as high as sixty five thousand a month ago. It has been as low as thirty thousand on the weekend. Uh, it could go anywhere. But well, that's there, that's the that's the question. Is it's so volatile? Uh, it seems like it's more volatile than a typical stock. And I'm, uh, the reason why I'm comparing is there are so many people that will listen to this podcast that don't know the stock market or they know the stock market. They don't know the crypto market. Like to have somebody who is st- uh, market savvy and tech savvy is a very small minority of people. Yes, that, because a lot of a lot of the people you see on Reddit, no offense to the Reddit community, but you idiots don't know anything about big business. And all you know is tech because that's what you spend your life on. And so the reality of it is, is that, you know, that's why I thought this podcast should be about this simply because there are very few people that will know the market and the crypto. And I know sides of either. Well, here's the thing. So here's the thing, Seth. I think that the framework to look at this in is nothing has nothing to do with big business or big finance. I think that you look at this for what it is and what it can be. You remember the dot com bubble back in 2000? It burst, and uh, we were building up from 95, 6, 7, 8. The World Wide Web shows up. Uh, You know, it's based on the uh, nascent, the internet that had been around for quite a while. Had been Telenet and, ARP, and Ar- ARPANET had, was out there, and but the World Wide Web was kind of new, and you know we'd had AOL and we'd had Prodigy and we'd had CompuServe, but here was the World Wide Web and Netscape and Hypertext Transfer Protocol, and you know everybody started building uh, websites and everybody did startups around websites, and the, it was quite a frenzy. And by March of two thousand, it was done. Eight trillion dollars of wealth came off the NASDAQ between March of 2000 and January of 2001, $8 trillion of wealth. So there was a, now no one by, by mid 2000, if you mentioned the term .com in your pitch, you couldn't get funded. No one would talk to you. And Wall Street had walked away. They were really wounded from what had gone on with the .com bubble burst in, in uh, 2000. And they just weren't going to play. Does that mean the internet was valueless? Everybody, everything, everything we know is connected to the internet right now. The internet was the farthest thing from over, but as far as Wall Street was concerned, the bubble burst. Right. Right. It took them, it took them a while to come back to that. Right. So here we are looking at crypto and everybody's like trying to figure it out through the lens of what they understand, which is the stock market and regular, you know, and money markets and the way that we do business. I, I, I learned a lot about this. A while back when I, when the yield farms started, and if you don't know what a yield farm is, they're, they're basically 48 hour to 72 hour things that come into existence to try and maximize the value of certain solutions that emerge and new coins are minted. The yield farm will will mint or mine or just distribute in an ICO a, a utility coin that will ultimately go to zero 
But until that time happens, they are able to play games, literally games, Ponzi schemes. It's basically Ponzanomics. Mm -hmm. So there's a whole world of that happening. And everyone that's playing those are playing them like kids play video games. It's real money. And when you add them all up, it becomes real, real money. But that's Ponzi scheming. Then you've got, so that's a lot of the altcoin world. Then you've got these new solutions, which are trying very hard to rebuild the way that we do finance globally. And all of a sudden, you've got the federal, the, the central banks of every country in the world with their own token that'll be stable, stable coins that are going to be based on their own currency. And you've got the IRS saying, hey, you know what? I need you to report every single transaction over 10,000 now like wait there's too much money in in cryptocurrency wait wait what's wait how much of the money supply is in cryptocurrency what are you guys doing so all of a sudden governments and big business everyone's waking up to this Seth and there's a lot going on some of it looks like the old world but some of it's completely new world and the players don't know what they don't know and that's what makes this fascinating a lot of money is getting made and lost because there's a lot of people in there who truly do not know What's what they do it? not know. Right. It's just amazing to me. And you go on YouTube and you see some kid talking about how he made $10,000 or 20,000 bucks. And you go, well, I'm going to try that. And so, you know, we are not respecting, you can't do that with like, well, I guess you could try it with the day trading tools like E-Trade or E-Schwab or one of those. Right. But it's you need you need you know it's all reported it's real money how and it moves a lot slower, so stocks don't tend to move at this pace. The allure of you know the markets going up and down like a video game has attracted a lot of video gamers to this world. Of course, it, it has. And and so there there's a whole crazy happening that you should be very well aware of. But if you're trading crypto without knowing what you're doing, if you're trading crypto at all, you don't know what you're doing. Like you're playing a game. If you're not a whale, if you're not a market mover, if you're not somebody who really gets this, and if you're not somebody who's just doing it because you don't know any better, if you know better, you shouldn't be here. You should be thinking about what is known as layer two solutions and the world of decentralized finance and how this will change the doing of business worldwide over the next three to five years as this matures, because we're right on the cusp of brand new, Seth, brand new. I want to read you some stuff that I saw on social media. Sure. And these are people who are asking honest questions. Sure. One guy wrote, if I have a hundred dollars and I want to do something with crypto because it's the future and it's and everybody I see, everybody around me is making money. It, it, would you put a hundred dollars toward Ethereum or Bitcoin or, or one of these cryptos? Would is, is it worth it? OK. First, we're not giving financial advice here because that's not legal. We're not licensed financial advisors. If I had $100, this is a pure opinion, and this is for entertainment value, you know, value only, but I will tell you my Fair. humble personal opinion, not give you financial advice. What I will say is if I had $100 or any amount of money and I wanted to invest it, invest it in the future, I would do my research and I would figure out which platform I believed was going to empower the kind of business solution that would make my business, the business I understand, able to do things it can't do now. And what I mean by that is, let's say, for example, you run a business where 
you want your royalties to be paid fairly on your intellectual property. And so you see a way that you could create smart contracts or you could create a non-fungible token, an NFT, where when you sold a piece of your intellectual property, like a piece of art or a piece of music or something else, and someone bought it, not only could you get paid when they buy it, but that the next time it changed hands, when it was downloaded for money, outside of fair use, you would also have a piece of that secondary market. And you felt that this would be a really enhanced way for you to do business as the seller of intellectual property. So you go online and you research the platforms that will empower those tools to be built and understand how that will come to be. And if you ultimately believe, you come to believe that that's a workable solution. I'll give you another one that's a little less um, kind of sure. ephemeral. Let's say you're in the title insurance business and you've been making a living doing title insurance for years mm -hmm. and you realize that it's a scam because you're basically getting paid to go to, to your own library of, of information to the town hall totally. and do the same thing you do every time and charge someone for it. And you realize that there's probably a really interesting way to create immutable records on a public blockchain, uh, on a public decentralized or distributed ledger and you could actually build a business around the tokenized deeds and you understand that there's a platform that could empower or enable that technology to remunerate you and your whole industry and you decide yeah that could be the future of this that is the platform i would go buy tokens in if it exists if the platform exists and there are many platforms that do exist right now that empower that many of them are layer two solutions um, what to explain that what's a layer two solution so ethereum which is the most popular place for nfts and the reason it is is because you can write a smart contract on ethereum um ethereum is a layer one solution it's the main net is the ethereum blockchain what's known as gas prices or the transaction fees are very high it's not good for the environment because the mining of ether which is or eth or eth which is the currency of Ethereum, does take an awful lot of electricity and does burn a lot of CPU cycles. There are solutions called layer two solutions. It's not rocket science. Layer two is the second layer above the main net. If Ethereum is the main net and the Ethereum virtual machine is the protocol and the, that you're going to use to build your smart contracts and they are known protocols, um, then these second layers or layer two solutions like umbrella network, like Polygon, these are sitting above the main net. There are different schemas by which they can serve an awful lot of electricity and they cut down transaction times. So we're talking transaction times that are seconds instead of minutes. We're talking transaction fees that don't exist or are pennies instead of tens or hundreds of dollars. All of a sudden, you've got a methodology to really transact business quickly and efficiently and not damage the environment. All of these solutions are either in place right now or coming into place very quickly and very soon. Ethereum's own layer two optimism will be out sometime August, September, October of 2021, we're hoping. But there are plenty of other solutions that are coming into being right now and are being worked on right now. So you would go, you would go research the future of your own business and think through how you believe this will happen and then go make an investment in the utility token or the coins of the networks that you believe will bring those solutions.
And if you do that correctly, then you're making an investment in a future you totally personally understand. And if you're wrong, at least you're wrong because they didn't win what somebody did in building the future that you want to live in, that you believe there's a business in. Or even better than investing $100 in a token like that, go research how your business might evolve in a world of decentralized finance and how it applies to your business. If it doesn't, and you can't figure out a way for that to be true, again, personal advice, don't play here because you're not, this is speculation. It's a casino for everybody else. If you are just getting in it to, to play the market, the word play is the important word, not financial right. advice, just my own opinion. If you don't know what you're doing, you shouldn't be doing it. And this is not a place for the fair of heart. What's happening is a lot of people who literally don't know anything are trying to get rich quick. What, the stat I saw uh, the other day on uh, May 17th, which was tax day 2021, because the IRS moved it. Right. 1.1 million people dumped out of, that's what caused Wednesday's uh, May 18th crash. 1.1 million people dumped out of their crypto. The vast majority of those people- Because they owe taxes? No, they were newbies. They just, they panicked. It's all panics. They were all new, you know, some profit takers took, took profits to pay taxes with. Some whales took some profits on the 17th, freaked out, and then Elon tweeted. And if you pay attention to Elon, which you probably shouldn't, he scared the hell out of people. And so when you put all those things together, I, there's no real individual reason why the market crashed or any market ever crashes. There's a, always super complex reasons. But the end of the day, the stat that caught my eye was that 1.1 million new people, basically people who had only had crypto for a little while and were relatively new, new holders of crypto, dumped it and flipped, you know, flipped out and dumped it. So, you know, look, I, the, the, mark, the crypto marketplace is, is something you need to understand, which is why I wrote the book, blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and smart contracts, an executive guide to the world of decentralized finance. By uh, the way, we're going to put the link to that in the show notes, but do not ask me to repeat it. Continue. No, no one can. You know, it's like, uh, look, the end of the day, this is something you should read. It's a, it's a primer. It's a beginning. It'll get you through the jargon. It, it gives you ways to think about this market through my lens, which is the lens of what this can be what its promise is, and what you can learn from what's happening now. There's a lot to understand and a lot to learn. If you had paid attention to what Mark Andreessen did in 1995 to 2000, if you had paid attention to the way that the World Wide Web came into existence, and you saw, if you saw, if you were paying attention and you understood where graphics and music and art and technology all came together into this one thing called the World Wide Web. If that was something that spoke to you, it built a new way for you to conceive of and think about the future. If you look at the world of blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and smart contracts, through the, and you bring your knowledge, your personal understanding of the world you actually live in, not the one you might live in, not the sci-fi world, not the crazy world where people are getting rich quick, the world you make a living in, and you think for you allow yourself to think really wide, like it's pretend nothing exists but this and the business you know. How would it evolve if you were going to start your business today, right now, this moment, and you had these tools available? What would you do differently? 
remember, no business is designed, right? All businesses evolve, which is why they are what they are. Bureaucracies don't, aren't, no one designs a bureaucracy. You evolve it into a bureaucracy and it gets stable. It's like, why do we do it that way? Oh, because in 1926, so-and-so started it. It's like, what is that doing here today? Why do we have a school year that's September to May or June? Like, why don't we work in the summer? Why is there daylight savings time? Like, we don't need daylight savings time in the 21st century. We don't need a school year to be made uh, September to May. We don't. But it's still here, Seth. Why? It evolved. We didn't design it. If you were going to design your business today, man, how would you do it? How would, how would Seth Everett design his business today? And in the, if you give yourself the, the leeway, if you give yourself permission to think about the future through the lens of blockchain and decentralized finance as the mechanism for you getting paid, actually, the mechanism for exchanging value between you and your customers or you and your colleagues how would you do it differently? Boy, that's a great exercise. And by the way, I would love to hear you. Shelly at ShellyPalmer.com is my email address. And if you give yourself permission to do that and you think that through, I would love to hear what you have to say or what you think about the way your business would change or you would change your business or the future you would architect or create because you allow yourself to do that. I think you'll surprise yourself and I'd love to hear about it. Well, there's a lot there, and we're going to revisit this in the next couple of weeks. What I like that we're not going to be doing, for those of you who are subscribing to TechStream, we're not doing one topic three day, three episodes in a row. Like We, nope. we, we vary it. Uh, but I do think this is something that we're going to uh, revisit. Uh, if you listen to the podcast on the day that it comes out, you are something what I've understood is that more than 50% of podcast listeners listen the day it comes out. Uh, other people listen in the future. So to the listeners in the future, I always say, uh, do me a favor. Tell me how the flying car is. Uh, let us know how <laughs> we fully uh, eradicate COVID. And now you can tell me which, uh, which uh, uh, cryptocurrency to, to invest in. Uh, but if you're listening on the day that it is, this episode is coming out on towel day. Why is that significant to you? 42. The answer to universe, uh, the, the life, the universe and everything, the universal question. Um, <laughs> Arthur Dent carried a towel and in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is Douglas Adams' epic, epic series, uh, one of my favorite uh, writings ever, of all time, uh, a towel is the most useful thing in the universe. And so to honor Douglas Adams, who is such a great writer and his May 25th. amazing work. Yeah, it's towel day and everyone carries a towel because let's face it, a towel is the most useful thing in the universe. There's, you know, it, that's just what it is. So um, it, it's just a, a day of appreciation for a wonderful author uh, to, to quote the book. And I will because it's important. A towel is about the most massively useful thing an interstellar hitchhiker can have. Partly, it has great practical value. You can wrap it around you for warmth as you bound across the cold moons of the Jaglan Beta. You can lie on it on the brilliant marble-sanded beaches of San Trajan. This is five. I've never been able to pronounce any of these. Inhaling the heady sea vapors because I only ever read it. I never heard anyone's. Uh, so you I, never I heard the radio play. You've no, I know. It. I've only ever read the books. I've heard um, the radio play. I, I, one day I will do that. But I, in my mind's eye, I've loved this. And of course, you can sleep under it beneath the stars which shine so redly on the desert world of Cacrafoon. Use it to sail a mini raft down the slow, heavy uh, river moth. Wet it for use in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Wrap it around your head to ward off noxious fumes or avoid the gaze of a ravenous bug bladder beast 
of Troll. So I could go on and on and on. This is Douglas Adams. Really, I before there was anything in my life that was science fiction, science fantasy, love, I was in love with this. So towel day is a great day. I hope everyone on May 25th does carry a towel and give yourself the, the do yourself the favor of picking up Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. There's a wonderful um, box set that that I have that was given to me as a gift uh, wrapped in a towel, oddly enough. For a friend of course on, it was. On one, of, on one of my birthdays a while back. Um, it's just, it's really, look, it, it's a Douglas Adams writes one kind of humor. You either love it or you don't, Seth. It's well, like, <laughs> and it's funny because in school I was shown the radio play. We were learning, and it's so thinking back on Hitchhikers now. The it is one of the first like those kinds of stories should be podcasts. Like yes. that should that was podcast before the it was word because remember I I've told you about my, my podcast history I you know we started doing something making MP3s out of uh, portions of a radio show making mm-hmm. MP3s for this new device the iPod if you think about it hitchhikers the minds behind it were probably ahead of the curve then and if the technology could match it that would have been what podcasting was yeah I mean let you the radio play. I understand the radio play. Yeah, the radio play. I I, I understand is fantastic. I've never, oddly enough, I mean, I've heard a little of it, but I've never uh, sat through the whole thing. It was a BBC radio comedy. I'm sure it's available. Yeah, it was. It was available. We had to go in. We had to listen to chapters, and we had to discuss it in class. That was. It was a a new house. That was a whole big production. Was in in the. I want to say sophomore year. I had to do it. In a in a a future podcast, Seth, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about. some of the more creative radio plays and or podcasts, the things that a lot of lost arts really, right? When you think about it. Well, that's the, the thing is the future of the spoken word. People talk about podcast versus radio. Radio may not be the medium, just like cassettes aren't the medium anymore, but music still exists. Yeah, of course. And, you know and, what I mean? The, the spoken word, and maybe there'll be something that eventually replaced yeah, text mean, will be the last man standing. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, look from, from my perspective, there there have been a couple of really wonderful pod, wonderful podcasts where they've done radio drama style. You know, they've done uh, spoken word plays and spoken word episodes that are uh, to really intrigue you, as opposed to talk shows uh, where they've done great storytelling. It's not as popular as maybe it once was, but to me, some of that stuff's amazing. So, on in honor of this, I am going to download. I just found it as. There you go. I'm going to download the entire BBC radio version of it. I usually reread one of the books so long. And thanks for all the fish generally is what I reread on towel day. But, but I will, I, in honor of this, I'm going to on my walks for the next apparently couple of weeks, because it's, it's very long. I'm going to be listening to Hitchhiker's Guide, the radio series, the BBC radio comedy. Now you got me very excited about it. But anyway, happy towel day to you and happy towel day to everybody out there. And uh, may Douglas Adams uh, work live on forever he's just um uh, he's given a great gift to all of us and, and not the least of which is the answer to life the universe and everything which as you know is 45. all right so a little of the uh, the radio play to uh, see to send you off uh don't sell all your crypto in one place and make sure you download and subscribe to have a good week shelly all right you too sir.